Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. So let's get started this morning because I want to share with you something that's interesting that's been real in my heart for a long time. And, you know, just talking to the Lord and just going through our season that we've been through, it's been a difficult season, right? It's been an unprecedented season. It's been rough for some people. It's been difficult for some people. It's been confusing for some people. Because a lot of times we're, we're unsure, like, what's happening in this world? And, and sometimes those questions are directed towards God, you know, because some of you might have lost a job. Some of you, unfortunate as it is, might have lost a loved one. It had been a tough situation. You know, I know a few people that have lost loved ones through this difficult season in life. It's been certainly stressful for a lot of people. Mentally, it's been, you know, a, a big weight on people's minds because it's been difficult, right? It's been isolated. We're not made to be isolated. We are made to have connection. We're made to be together. That's what God called us to. And so when we are separated, it's going to be always difficult. Some of us have gone through financial difficulties because it's been a weight on us because some of us have lost a job. A lot of people lost their job and that's been difficult, right? Because that's not something is good for us. We worry about our families. We worry about our future. We worry about what's going to happen in this world. And so for a lot of us, we have so many questions that we have in our mind. And so let me ask you a question with that. How has the season affected you? You know, so the message I have entitled is called Sitting on the Sidelines. And it feels like that, right? It feels like we've been sidelined for a long time. And so how has the season affected you? Has it tested your faith? Has it led you to question God and say, God, I don't understand. You know, if you're a God of healing, how come we're still going through all of this situation? Why don't you show up and do something? Has it built or has it weakened your faith. And the reality is that it is a season, you know, and seasons don't last forever. Seasons end. But here's the profound thing. A season has an effect on your life and it can change your direction, especially if it's a bad season. So we, yes, we have seasons and we have good seasons and bad seasons, but a bad season can have a profound effect and change the trajectory of your life. And so today we're going to look at one of Jesus' most famous disciples. His name is Peter. And we're going to look through his lens as we examine what Peter went through in a season that affected him in a very significant way. He had an experience that could have sent him off track, could have just thrown him off course, because there's another famous disciple of Jesus named Judas who would definitely throw off course. And so similarly, we have Judas and Jesus, uh, Judas and Peter, who went through the exact same scenario. They both betrayed Jesus. But one had a different trajectory than the other. And so what happened to Peter? And here's an important fact that I want you to understand today. Our experience defines our perspective. Right? Our experience defines our perspective. We view life through our series of experiences. You know, we have good experiences and therefore we have a good perspective of a certain product, 
you know, whatever it may be. We have a bad experience, and then we have a bad view of that experience. Let me tell you an example. A little while ago, I saw some, you know, ear pods on Instagram. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, and it was only for $39, <laughs> right? So if you want regular AirPods from Apple, they're about $300. I'm like, that's a deal I can't pass up, right? So I'm like, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> it took like almost two months to arrive, and excited as I was, I got myself one, and I got Chanel one, which was great, but as soon as I put them in, they didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> And I charged them and tried everything you can do, and they just did not work. So for $40 or $80, I wasted $80. I didn't get anything, and that was a bad experience. And I said to myself, I'm never buying anything online that says, seems too good to be true. <laughs> right? But that experience jaded my view of online shopping based on super good deals. And so because of that experience, I, ha- I now have a different view of what online shopping is. Right? My experience defined my perspective. And so this season has affected me in different ways as well. Right? One thing you can see I've gained a lot of weight. This is what you call quarantine belly. Right? <laughs> and I've been trying desperately in the last few weeks to work it off, but it doesn't seem to be working. Quarantine wants to stick to me like the COVID has stick to other people, unfortunately. But... It's not good. And that's a negative view that I have of this season. But I also have a positive view because this season has allowed me to take introspective. I've been able to examine myself, examine my life, examine my motives in life, where I am, what my future is. And more than that, it's allowed me to examine what the church is built for. Why does the church exist? Why do we gather every weekend? Is it just to be here or is there an important season or cause for the church to exist. Is it beyond just gathering? There must be something beyond that, especially when we go through difficult seasons and that season tests our perspective of where we think we should be or where we think we should go. And so if I look at my past season through my negative lens of saying, you know, I just sat on the couch for a few months and gained this belly, then I look at that season as a negative thing and my past experience is going to jade my future view. But if I look at it through the lens of my growth, which definitely happened, I was able to grow significantly because we spent a little bit more time with our family. We spent a little bit more time with God. I hope you had that opportunity as well. That has been a great season. And the reality is that whether you're aware of it or not, all of us view life through the lens of our experience. I'll give you another example. Maybe at some point in your life you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or maybe you were married, and that relationship started off great. You know, you know this is going to be the, the woman or the man of my dreams. This is going to be the marriage that's going to be amazing because I'm so in love with this person. I'm so in love with that person. But then things started to go off track after a while. What you thought was a great relationship ended up being something that really began to hurt. Because the person that you thought you were connected to didn't turn out to be the one that you thought he or she was. And based on that negative experience that you've had, you're quite wary when you go into a new experience. You're not going to so willingly commit to your new boyfriend or girlfriend based on your past experience. Do you follow what I'm saying? 
So even though the new person did not do anything, you're still going to have some wariness, you're some trepidation to get into this new experience. Maybe you're not going to be wholeheartedly committed right away as you were in the past. Even though this person did nothing to affect that, your past experience has caused your view for this experience to be a little bit different. Right? It's the same thing when you have a friendship. Maybe you know at some point you had good friends and that friend disappointed you, underappreciated you, did something that caused that friendship to be broken. And so when you develop new friendships now, you're not going to be so willing to trust as you were in the past. You're going to be a little bit more cautious. You're going to be a little bit more wary. Because your past experience defines your future perspective. And maybe you've had a bad church experience. Maybe when you were at a church, you felt left out. You felt spiritually abused. You felt underappreciated. You didn't feel like you were given the right word. And therefore, when you come to a new place, you're going to be a little bit less wary to engage. Because of your past experience. See, our next interaction is affected by our past experience. Our next interaction is affected by our past experience. How do you view the season that you've been through? If you view it in a negative light, your future interaction is going to be viewed through the lens of negativity and not through the positiveness that came out of it. Because you can find something good in every season of your life. And it's what you focus on that will ultimately determine your direction for your life. And, you know, we all have this tension that exists when we choose to engage or not. Because sometimes we want to engage, we want to trust, we want to be involved. But there's tension there because of our past hurt and pain. And so we're not being so willing to go into it. And maybe you feel let down. And maybe you feel betrayed. And maybe you feel like someone had did something wrong to you. And you did something wrong to someone else. And so it's easier not to engage. It's easier not to get involved. It's easier just to sit and do nothing on the sidelines than get involved because you're wary of your experiences from the past. So I'd rather do nothing than disappoint someone or be disappointed in someone. So I'm just going to sit on the sidelines And when we encounter Peter in the narrative that we see this morning, that's where we find Peter. He's been Jesus' main man. He is the chief disciple. He stood up and said, you know, I'm going to stand up for Jesus, and I'm going to defend you, and I'm going to follow you. And no matter who else abandons you, Jesus, I will stand with you. He said this in front of all the disciples. All of them heard him say it. He's been outspoken when Jesus was in the garden, he pulled out his sword and attacked, you know, the soldiers. It was Peter who said, I'm going to stand with you, Jesus. And John, who was one of the other disciples of Jesus, who's who's writing this narrative, this is what he tells us about Peter's situation post-resurrection. In John 21, he says this, Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out of fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught 
nothing. What I want you to understand at this point in Peter's life, Peter had already seen the empty tomb. He knew that Jesus was resurrected. And more than that, he had seen Christ living after the resurrection twice before this incident. He'd seen Jesus face to face after the resurrection. He had met and talked with Jesus already. But Peter at this point is so disengaged because of his look of view of what he had done. And yes, Jesus told him he's going to rise again. But even that news, even the weight of that knowledge has not changed the fact that Peter is sitting on the sidelines. The weight of his betrayal had forced him to sit on the sidelines. How does it feel when you feel, when you go through a difficult season? He does not feel he has the right to step back in and be a disciple of Jesus. He feels that he has let Jesus down. He feels terrible because of his past actions. It's not that he does not love Jesus. He absolutely does love Jesus. But his guilt and his shame has sidelined him. And so what does he do? He goes back to something that's very familiar. He says, I'm going to go back and fish because that's who I was. That's where I'm comfortable. That's how I know what to do. And that's what I'm going to do. But Jesus had called him to be a fisher of men. He had gone back to just fishing. And more than that, he got the gang back together. He's like, all right, boys, let's get back together and let's go fishing. You can see his leadership skills, but he's still taking these people that had followed Jesus, that had seen Jesus resurrected, and were still disengaged. And maybe Peter felt that he hadn't lived up to Jesus' expectations. Maybe sometimes in our life, we feel like we have not lived up to expectations. And therefore, we think, it's good enough if I just sit there. I'll show up. I'll show up to the game, but I'm not going to get involved. See, your mistakes, your past, always comes back to haunt you. The problem with your past is that it just does not stay in the past. It keeps seeping into your future and your present. It starts affecting your life in the present. It'll be great if your past existed in the past and had no bearing on your future. But the reality is that we are so influenced by our past that it sometimes jades our future. And so Peter had felt that he had let Jesus down and therefore he had disqualified himself from future use by God. John tells us about Peter's state of despondency by telling us he got them together and they were going to go back and do what they used to do. And maybe he says, maybe, boys, we just stepped into an area that we're not qualified for. After all, we're just fishermen. We're unqualified. Maybe we did something we weren't supposed to. Now let's just go back and do what we are familiar with and what we are used to. Jesus, however, never makes mistakes. He knew what exists in Peter. And by extension, he knows what exists in each and every single one of us. He knows us because he made us and he formed us and he created us and he gives us life. So Jesus shows up 
and checks up on Peter, right? To remind him that what's in him is too important to be left on the sidelines. What is sitting on the sidelines? Well, sitting on the sidelines usually comes from you know, a sports analogy. And what that means is that you're not in the game. You might be even on the team, but you're just sitting on the side of the game. You have no impact on what's happening on the field. You're just sitting there, and you're just watching like everyone else. And you might have the skill, you might have the qualifications, you might have the expertise, but you're still not involved in the outcome of what's happening on the field. You're just sitting there, either disqualifying yourself or being disqualified. But Jesus shows up to tell Peter to get back in the game. To get back. Because he says your purpose is greater than your mistake. Your purpose is too valuable to waste on the sidelines. It's too valuable to waste and sit on the sidelines. And by extension, Jesus is telling us the very same thing. Your gift, your talent, what God has placed in you is too valuable to sit on the sidelines forever. And maybe you've been through a season where you've done it. And maybe you've had time in your life where you felt like you needed a rest. But Jesus shows up to Peter and says, it's time to get back in the game. It's time for us to get back in the game. We've sat on the sidelines for long enough now. We've had an eight-month sabbatical. All of us, whether we were involved or whether we didn't do anything before, all of us have had time to sit on the sidelines. But Jesus shows up and says, Peter, what's in you is too valuable. It's too costly. It has cost too much. And it's too much of a waste to you to not use it. To step on the field and begin to start doing what God has called you to do. Jesus calls Peter from the show. You know, you have this scenario where it's very familiar to Peter. It's almost a parallel to Jesus and Peter's first encounter. It's almost similar, exactly almost the same thing. You know, and then they have this amazing dialogue. But the parallel exists because Jesus shows up and calls Peter. And Peter was fishing the very first time before he even met Jesus. And he fished all night and he caught nothing. The very same thing here again. Then Jesus calls from the show and says, Lay down your net. Same thing here. Jesus shows up and says, Lower down your net, Peter. They caught a monster catch the first time, and they caught a monster catch the second time. And then Peter clues in. Hold on, this is very familiar. That was Jesus, and this must be Jesus. He's so excited, even though he's seen him twice, he jumps off the boat. He doesn't wait for the boat to get to the shore. He jumps off the boat, and he swims to the shore to meet Jesus before all the other disciples. They get to the boat later. And so they have this amazing dialogue where Jesus says to him, you know, do you love me, Peter? And Peter's yes. He vehemently assures Jesus, I do love you, I do love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. But then he says something amazing. He asked Peter again twice to follow him. Follow me. What is Jesus trying to do? Jesus does not want Peter being left feeling disqualified. He wants him to be invested in his future because Jesus knew how effective Peter was going to be. And the world 
would be at a loss because Peter disqualified himself. We are sitting here today reading about Peter because he engaged again, even though he felt he made a mistake, even though he felt that he had done something wrong. Jesus comes to him and tells him, yes, you might have made a mistake, but I'm here to invest in you and tell you that your future is going to be better than what you had in your past. And maybe you felt you were let down, or maybe you even let me down, but I'm approaching you to tell you what's in you is too important, it's too valuable, it costs too much for you to sit on the sidelines and do nothing anymore come back in you will never know who you impact and who's impacted by you and whose life is going to be transformed when you re-engage and stop sitting on the sidelines maybe you'll never know till you get to be with Jesus but I can guarantee you that your life is going to impact someone else's life and their life is going to be changed because of your season and your re-engagement, even though you might have felt it bad. See, when you are truly invested, it brings forth growth and maturity. And I want you to think about that for a second. I'm just not talking about church. I'm talking about anything. Your money, your marriage, your future, your relationships, your job, when you invest in any of those things, it's going to bring you growth. It doesn't matter what it is because the principle remains the same. When you invest in something, it's going to produce a reward or return. Whatever it is, marriage, job, finances, any situation you invest in will always bring you a return. All of these things grow better and you grow when you invest yourself into it. Don't you think that your faith or your maturity will also grow when you invest in it? Don't you think that you will come out better when you're invested rather than sitting on the sidelines? Anything else you invest in grows, so why wouldn't it work in the same way? It does, because that's the principle. So the question is, what has forced you onto the sidelines? Where have you felt disqualified? Where have you felt that you've been let down and betrayed and and taken advantage of and all these situations that's come in your life? What experience have you been through that has caused you to feel inadequate? I'm here to tell you that all your past mistakes your past hurt even, should not be a reason why you disqualify yourself because Jesus qualifies the disqualified. He brings you in. So it's time to stop sitting on the sidelines and get involved in the church. This is what Peter invites him to do, to re-engage. And that is what he's inviting all of us to do, to re-engage with the church. To re-engage in this capacity. See, you don't have to give up your job. You don't have to sell out, you know, and, and quit your job to get involved in the church. Whatever you can do, however long you can do it. If it's once a week, or it's once a month, or it's once every three months. Whatever that opportunity is, here is a place that you can get involved in. Regardless of your past mistakes. Regardless of where you came from. Regardless of what happened in your past. Transformed Church is a place that you can live and love in and be part. And I welcome you to call this home wherever you're from. 
Because this is the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus says to Peter twice, I said. He said to him in John 21, 19, he said, follow me. And again, in, in a couple of verses later in 22, he says, you must follow me. Re-engage Peter. And to us, he's saying again, re-engage in the church. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Twice, Jesus invited Peter to engage in the most important aspect of his life. And I want, you, I want to invite you again, if you're here for the first time, or if you're here for the hundredth time, and if you've called TC Church or TC Home, Transform Church Home for a long time, or if you're here for the first time, this is a place that you can re-engage because God has placed a gift, a talent, and a blessing in each and every single one of you. This is where I call home, and this is where a number of people call home. And I hope if you're here for the first time that you can call it home too. Because this is a place that we love. You see, after this encounter with Jesus, Peter is vastly different. Because as you head into the book of Acts, it's not the same Peter you see when you see in the Gospels. He leads many to God. He changes thousands of lives. He writes letters that impact and change the world. And we're reading his words today. And this is what Peter later writes in his letter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. This is what he says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Peter learned that even though he might have betrayed Jesus, that Jesus did not qualify, disqualify him. In fact, Jesus qualified him. Here's a message version of the same scripture, and I love this. It says, be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. I love that. Be generous with different things God has given you, passing them around so all get in on it. In other words, don't sit on the sidelines, get in the game. Right? Get in the game. Get involved, get invested, and you will see a great return in your life and your future. Whatever you invest in will grow. And the best investment you can do is to invest in yourself, in the house of God. And God's going to not just bless you, but everyone else around you. Because that's how he works. Investment leads to return. Now I want you to do me a favor. If you're writing notes, get out your notebook. If you're not writing notes, get out your phone because I want to leave you with a series of three questions that I want you to take on in this week. So I want you to write these questions down, all right? So wherever you are, get out your phones, get out whatever notes you need to take because this is going to help you grow. You ready? All right, I want you to write this down. So first of all, read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. It's a few verses. It's not a lot of verses. Write it down. Read 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11. So write that down. This week, take five minutes out of your week. That's not a lot. Five minutes out of your week. Read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. And then I want you to ask yourself these questions. So write these questions down. Number one, who do you know that grew or matured from not being engaged? 
And you can pick whatever category you want. You can pick work, you can pick marriage, you can pick life, you can pick job. But I want you to pick church as well. Who do you know that grew or matured from not being engaged? I can tell you the answer already, but I want you to find out that for yourself. (laughs) The answer is probably no one. But look into your life, look into who you have around you. Who grew or matured when they did not engage in whatever it was? Their marriage, their job, their finances, whatever it is you want to pick. Look into your life and examine people in your life and see who grew from not being engaged. Number two, this question, what do you think will happen to you if you choose to follow that same pattern? So look into their life and then ask yourself this question. What do you think will happen to you if you choose to follow the same pattern as they have? Because you're going to see the result of their life, right? And you can look and examine it because here's the same thing. If it happened to them, it's going to happen to you. If they follow the same pattern, it's probably going to happen to you as well. And number three is this. What are you going to do about it? Right? So you can see the pattern. You can see what happens whether you choose to engage or not. And here's the decision you need to make. What are you going to do about it? All right, so I want you to take five minutes this week, whether it's on your break at lunch or whether you get up early in the morning or you spend it late at night, wherever it is, take five minutes this week and answer those five questions for yourself. Don't worry, we don't have a quiz so you can come back and answer. This is just for you. And I guarantee if you do this, it's going to help you in your life. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.